game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Mark Scheifele scores in overtime. Connor Hellebuck makes 38 saves. Jets beat the Oilers 3-2. And we're waiting to hear from head coach Jay Woodcroft to see if he has an update on Oilers captain Connor McDavid, who didn't play the last four and a half minutes of the third period, nor did he play in overtime. Now, he did stay on the bench, but you may have seen the video going around by now, appeared to grab at his left hip, lower ribs, something in that area as he uh, was finishing his last shift of the game. So that would be uh, obviously a huge story and a massive blow to the Oilers if McDavid has to miss any amount of time. We don't know yet. Uh, Rob, what does that mean when a player doesn't play but stays on the bench, first of all? Leadership. Leadership. I I think he wants... I mean, there would have been a collective groan if the from the fans if they would have seen 97 walk down the the bench and off the ice the fact that he stayed on the bench is just being a leader uh at first there was thoughts maybe it's an equipment issue then he goes onto the ice between the third period and overtime and he skates a little bit but when leon and mcleod started overtime that's a loss of 840 career points between mcdavid and mcleod so you're like well he ain't coming on the fact that he didn't play overtime uh, means there's something that's been tweaked uh, hopefully it is something that is short-term. I mean, he's a guy that plays through pain. So uh, you're a little fearful if you're an Oilers fan. Um, but, the fa- I mean, he did skate around on the ice, so it's not something that is... It's not a broken ankle no, or something like no. that, obviously. But yeah. it's something something got pulled. And I know earlier in the game, he and Morrissey, I think it was Morrissey that got the penalty on them. They got tied up right in front of the bench as Morrissey got the penalty on that play. And when he got up, he got up a little gingerly there too. Maybe something got tweaked. Maybe something from... I don't know, last game when he and Kane ran into each other. But, yeah, no, you could see they, I mean, they showed, Sportsnet showed it nine times, it seems like, him pulling up when he was racing down the ice. So, uh, unfortunate for the Oilers in a game that uh, they deserved a better fate. They unfortunately lost the game and possibly lost their captain. 3-2, the Jets win it in overtime. So the Oilers' record is now 1-3-1. and The Jets' record goes up to 2-3. and and again, we will uh, take you to head coach Jay Woodcroft as soon as he starts talking. Now, he may not have anything to say on McDavid. Well, so. I'm going I'm to throw this out there. He's <laughs> going to say, I haven't talked to the doctors yet. Uh, we'll assess it tomorrow. We'll get back to you. Yeah, Something but, along those lines. All right. Here's Woodcroft. Hey. Um, any update on Connor McDavid who wasn't? Uh, no, I, I didn't walk back in there yet. So I'm sure we'll have something tomorrow, Ryan. But no, it didn't appear to be anything, um, you know, it appeared to be muscular more than anything like that. Just to me, just on the, uh, as I watched, uh, it, you know, during the play. But we'll see. I'll have more information tomorrow. Obviously concerning anytime he's not available in a moment yeah. like that for you. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I think, uh, you know, when he wasn't available there down the stretch and into overtime, it's an opportunity for others to step up. And, um, you know, we had chances. We just didn't convert. Jay, last year you scored 100 goals in the third period. This year you haven't scored one goal in the third period. That was your M.O. last year playing so well in the third period. What do you think's happened this year? 
Can't explain that oddity through five games. It's a small sample size, um, but it is what it is. I I haven't studied that in terms of um, why that might be, Jim, but you know it's happened through five games and obviously you know there were moments uh in a lot of those games where we could have used that that goal in the third period and you were up to nothing uh just looking for that one spot in the game to blow the game open you're, it's um you know what i thought their goaltender made a couple saves on breakaways uh that kept them in the the game and gave them a chance to to be opportunistic um yeah, i thought in the game tonight, uh, our players played hard. Uh, it was a good uh, compete level. I thought we controlled the bulk of the play, had the majority of the chances. We just didn't find the two points, only one tonight. Yeah, for some reason, this is it's a moving target, or I would ask you, is it a moving target? Tonight you got goaltending. Tonight you got work ethic. Uh, tonight you got a two-goal lead, and you still don't win. There's been nights when you didn't get any of that and didn't win. Tonight you get it, and you still don't win. Do you yeah. about that as a coach? Yeah, well, you know, I think what uh, you worry if you're not getting chances, you worry if you're not getting goaltending, you worry if your team didn't compete. I thought we did all of those uh, all of those things. There's maybe small moments in, in the game that we'd want to have back, um, both offensively and defensively. It's not to take any of the, the pressure off uh, the offense, but we gave up a a goal on a lost penalty kill faceoff with one second left and a kill. We gave up a goal while we were on the power play and we gave up a goal three on three. Uh, there's moments we can be better in the game, but I think if we stick with some of the good things that we're doing, eventually the results find themselves. And, uh, you know, it didn't go that way for us tonight. We got one instead of two. It's disappointing. Yeah, we're using words like patience and, and eventually uh, it seems crazy to talk standings in October, but you're nine points behind Vegas. How concerning is that? Um, well, for me, what's more concerning uh, was the, the areas of certain games that I didn't feel we were playing to a standard. I think uh, that stuff kind of sorts itself out over time. In this first five games, we are one, three, and one. That's not good enough to get us to where we want to get to. So that's an opportunity for us to continue to work at our process or our game so that we can find ways to collect points. Because collecting points in October is certainly just as important, important as collecting points um, later on in the season. But I think uh, there were positives in our game today. It's easy to go to the negative, but we'll uh, we'll try and take some of those positives and build off of it. Jay, too many penalties tonight? Did you? Uh, yeah, especially early. I thought it took the flow out of the second period specifically. Um, but there were penalties both ways. What ends up happening is that guys get taken out of the the game, minutes wise, rotation wise, the rhythm of the game just gets all out of whack in that situation. Certainly there's moments in the game uh, where we can control our sticks better. Um, but I thought the penalty kill did a heck of a job. Obviously disappointing to give up that one with uh, one second left on. Did Connor appear to hurt himself when he jostled with Morrissey there? Is that when he hurt? Um, no, I thought it was more him coming up the ice and, and just something felt off for him. That's what, it, that's what it looked like from the bench, but I haven't even rewatched it yet. Okay, thank you. Good, thanks, guys. 
Okay, that's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Jets beat the Oilers 3-2 in overtime. He said it appeared to be muscular for McDavid. Said he, uh, McDavid was seeing the trainers. Uh, Woodcroft had not gone back there for an update. Whether that's true or not, we don't know. <laughs> I mean, not that I'm saying Jay would intentionally uh, try to mislead us, but there may be things he doesn't want to talk about also. So anyway, he, he wasn't, as you were just saying, literally seconds before that, we didn't expect much of an update. So... Yeah, I mean, we could kind of. I mean, if you if you break a bone or even suspect you have a broken bone, you you don't. They don't let you sit on the bench. Well, uh, you, if, do, you might sit on the bench, but you're not going to get up and skate play, between yeah. the third and the other. But if your if your arm is uh, visibly going in the wrong direction, <laughs> or if they it's, usually or if it's, ask that, they usually have a doctor come look yeah, at you. Yeah, or if it's muscular to the extent where it's like, hmm, I think that muscle's uh, actually torn right yeah. out of position. Well, so most we'll, we'll most see. most athletes. The, especially the good ones, they they understand their body and they know it very well and they know when something is off. And I believe you saw when you saw the the replay, Connor McDavid going up the ice. He pulls up just inside the Jets blue line, and he grabs his side and he and he kind of arches back and winces. And then they show we just saw another replay when he went on the bench. And this time he seemed to be grabbing his side and a little bit to his back. Yeah. So there, it's something got tweaked. And he knows what he's capable of doing, what he's capable of playing through, and what he knows, okay, I better shut this down because I don't want something that's a tweak turn into something bad. Uh, so it, it's not like you're going to see him uh, in a, on crutches or with a cast on anything soon, but you want to make sure that Connor McDavid is at his healthiest, and whether that means he misses a, an overtime period or if he misses a game or two, I don't know what it's going to be. But the Oilers are a different team with Connor McDavid, not part of it. McDavid tonight with two assists, played 20-48, had one shot on goal. So Lokesh wins, set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. I set the line at four and a half shots on goal for McDavid. So it is under. So Lokesh gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Self-inflicted wounds. Yep. Now, the Oilers did a lot of good things today. They, they scored a couple goals early. They wound up with 40 shots on net after a terrible third period in Philadelphia. Yep. They outshot the Jets 13-4 in the third period tonight. Um, but a self-inflicted wound, a shorthanded goal. Two days ago in Philadelphia, it came with a minute 31 left in the second period. Today, it comes with a minute 39 left in the second period. Skinner goes out after a puck, kind of pokes at it. It gets knocked back to the corner. It gets wrapped around. It, it, it went in off. I don't, it might have even hit Nurse and Ekholm on the replay. It hit Nurse for sure, but it goes in as Skinner isn't able to get back in time. I mean, Looking at that, I mean, it, it looked like if Skinner stays, and we've, they've showed the replay again here in Studio 99, it looked to me if Skinner stays in the net, Nurse probably has that play under control. Oh, 100% he does. Yeah. He either wins the race to the puck and wins it cleanly, went, ties the race to the puck and just pokes the puck into the corner, or he just keeps Ayafalo out to the outside and then it's probably a weak shot on net, or Ayafalo just keeps it in the corner trying to waste time. Uh, Skinner hesitated. And you can't, if you have any hesitation, any thought that you might not get there, if you're not 100% as a goaltender, you cannot go after the puck because 
the risk reward. There, there's the the risk. The risk is it's an empty net. And I got I had someone text me saying that you know that that's on Nurse too. He shouldn't have laid down in front of the net. Well, no. At that point, it is it's frantic. And yeah. Nurse went back. He has no. He's looking at the puck carrier. He's got an empty net. He's looking at the puck carrier. He first he goes down. He's not allowing he's the pass to come pass, out. Right. Then. And he does a good job. Then he's forcing the guy not to be able to score on the wraparound, which he did. The back defenseman came back and or back forward and tried tying up the second player, Nemistikov, but he just got enough on it because when there's no goalie in net, you don't have to get all of the puck. You just have to direct it. So that one is 100% on Skinner, which is too bad because Skinner had a great game. Having said that, the better team does it. Of all the sports out there right now, the better team doesn't always win in hockey, more so than any other sport. In this game, the Oilers were the better team from top to bottom. But the better goaltender, nothing, Skinner played good, but the better goaltender in this game was Hollenbeck, who was fantastic yeah. and won them the extra point tonight. Yeah, and that was a story coming in, was Hellebuck's save percentage, which was below 850, and uh, he was outstanding with this with the game... 2-0, he stops Fogel on a breakaway. With the game 2-1, still in the first period, he stops Hyman on a breakaway. The or- in, in overtime, the Oilers didn't really have a clean chance, but they had the puck right in the blue paint and pinballing around a couple of times, he kept it out. Now, to be fair, Skinner made a couple of yep. huge saves in overtime as well. But then the, the Jets put together the game-winning goal off a face-off that was kind of a tied draw, and then the Oilers weren't able to get the puck, and then the Jets were able to set up a play. Through well, it, it was almost like the, the Harlem Globetrotters dating myself here. When they used to go all over, and they just kind of dipsy-doodle, just keep doing turns, turns, turns. Well, they, all the Jets did there is they just kept bringing the puck up and flip-flopping. And what you're looking for is one player to beat his man. And in overtime, Leon Dreisaitl was exhausted. And Shifley got inside position, took off to the net, and Leon was too tired to get back, and all of a sudden there was the mistake. You keep doing that, keep throwing it back, twist and turn, and eventually let one of your guys beat a man, and it was a nice pass and a nice deflection by Shifley. He, Shifley's a, a superstar in this league. He's standing in front of the net like that in overtime. He's not going to miss it. So that was Dreisaitl's man. Dreisaitl was tired, and unfortunately for the Edmonton Oilers in a game, again, they were the better team, but they only got one point in this one. 3-2, the Jets take it. That's a $200 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They're giving 100 bucks to Santa's for every Oilers goal this season. Both goals coming from defenseman. Nurse scored a minute 25 into this game. Uh, Nurse played 23-31, had six shots on goal. He's our fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retail, and Evan Bouchard got the other goal on the power play. Huge slap shot with Hellebuck winding up uh, having overplayed a potential dry settle one-timer. Well, and that's just uh, everyone watches highlights in the National Hockey League and they've seen Leon Dreisaitl score from any angle on that side and they know that if Connor McDavid is passing the puck cross ice it's going to Leon so Hollebuck's like okay I'm not letting this beat me and he came flying across and he came across so fast that he actually pulled himself right out of it and Leon read it Leon's a smart player he saw that Hollebuck was getting there he just held on. Then he goes back to Bouchard. And seriously, Bouchard had the entire empty net. He just and he actually pretty more or less hit the middle of the net with his slap shot. No chance for Connor getting back to it. And uh, a nice power play goal. And at that point, you're thinking, this is, this is going to be Nashville all over again. They're going to pot about five or six. 
but the big saves, and you referenced it, the one on Fogel, that makes it 3-0, the place goes nuts, and all of us, you're like, okay, here we go. But big saves, keep the Jets around, another save on Hyman, and a goaltender, the others got goalie tonight. Hellebuck was that good. Don't forget the Fogel breakaway, and Yanmark swatted at the rebound. No, it wasn't maybe a, a full-on, full-power mm -hmm. shot, but but he was there, and sometimes those sneak in because the goalie's moving, right? But uh, Hellebuck stopped that, and I noted at that time, with 12.55 left in the first period, the shots were 10-1 Oilers, and they were already up 2-0 uh, in the game. So, yeah. Great start. They played well. Unfortunately for them, uh, they weren't able to capitalize and find that third goal. Connor McDavid did not finish the third period, did not play in overtime. Uh, no update from... Jay Woodcroft. The Oilers are, are not scheduled to practice tomorrow, so even though Woodcroft said more information tomorrow, we may not actually get that publicly until Monday. We'll see how that uh, plays out, and then the Oilers play in Minnesota on Tuesday. But Woody referenced as well the, the Morrissey goal, the first Jets goal, right at the end of a penalty kill, and that was off a of face-off too. Well, hey, you... The opposition tonight, the Jets, they know how much time's left in the in the penalty. So they know that if there's a, if they win the faceoff, they have to attack quickly. And they did. And they had a set play all the way across to Morrissey, and nobody got in the shooting lane. And there was bodies in front of Skinner. Uh, nobody got in the lane. No one got in the passing lane. It got across to Morrissey. And I mean, he's good. He's an incredible uh, hockey player. And it was just one of those ones. It was an absolute bomb. Skinner couldn't see it, beat him to the far side, and then there was life. The Winnipeg Jets and a team at that point should have been down 3 or 4 nothing. We're only a goal down, and there was belief. Winnipeg went 1 for 5 on the power play. Edmonton 1 for 4, but again, they did allow that shorthanded goal. The power play update for Conlon Motorsports. They'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. Jets win it 3-2, so they're 2-3 and three on the season. The Oilers are now 1-3-1. And, one. and uh, again, with McDavid somewhat injured. Again, we don't know how bad. I mean, he very well could play on Tuesday. Yeah, I think that that's... I, you can't rule that out. No. Um, but this is... I mean, it's a disappointing start. Um, we know they We know they can play better overall. Though, though tonight's game was, again, like you said, pretty good. It, it, I brought this up the other night and before the game. I, I still believe they're a very good team. Yeah. And, and, and they, they are going to win games. But again, the worry is, are, are you chasing the entire year if you don't mm -hmm. start well enough? And how exhausting can that be? Because as we've seen it, now I know, I know last year the first 20 games weren't good and then they got a little yeah. better in the second quarter of the season and the second half was awesome, quite frankly. But, you know, sometimes it's like, well, geez, we just, at some point you got to win two in a row just to get to 500, which in the NHL is... Mm -hmm. Low average. Yep. And, and then you gotta, and then you gotta be okay. Well, now we gotta try and catch this team or, or this team. I mean, that can be wearing, right? Because as we've seen in other years with the orders or with other teams we've followed, if you're playing catch up all year, you can win three in a row, and then one loss feels huge, right? Even though you've got 75% of your points in a week or something. Well, that especially when there's a bunch of teams right. that you're trying to chase now. Uh, to me, this is a playoff team, and it will be a playoff team. They're putting themselves in a position that they're starting to fall further and further behind the leaders, but to me, it doesn't matter where you finish as long as you're in the top eight. Home ice advantage means nothing in the playoffs anymore. But the one thing that, that is a little concerning for you is when your team is fully healthy, and the Oilers have been to start the season, yeah. that's when you want to take advantage of it and you want to be able to pocket points. 
because at some point during the season, you're going to run into a rash of injuries. And we saw last year Vegas and LA get off to great starts to the season. Then they ran into all of these injuries, but they had such a nice cushion, they were able to weather the storm with their injuries. The Oilers, if they fall behind, and all of a sudden now you're in mid-January and you run into that stretch where you got five guys out of the lineup, six, and you're still chasing the division or chasing the wild card spot, well, now you're, okay, well, now we got to win games without our full lineup. Yeah. And now we've got to go, you know, eight and three in the next 11 games so that we stay in the race. So the Oilers aren't taking advantage of a healthy lineup right now and have fallen a little bit off the pace. And that's the one concerning thing for the Oilers. Having said that, I mean... That was to, if they win next game, all of a sudden they got three out of four points, and what would that be? Four or five out of Saturday, seven points, whatever it is, with the game that they won in Nashville. They just need to win the next game. Unfortunately, uh, it may be without their best player. Yeah, and a team that uh, has been <laughs> very tough against them. And uh, I don't think Minnesota Wild. And I don't think Minnesota's years. had a very good start to the season either, if I if I recall. So they might be a team that's playing with a little bit of desperation as well. I mean, there are, the thing is right now, there's a bunch of teams all the same, and then there's like four or five teams that have had great starts, like Colorado, Dallas, Vegas. Those teams have all had great starts of this season, and then everything else, everyone yeah. else seems to be right around 500. Wild, they're 2-2-1. Two, two they yeah. lost in uh, overtime tonight to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, no update on Connor McDavid, who didn't finish this game, but remained on the bench. Jets take it 3-2 in overtime. Let's go down to the Oilers' dressing room. Two assists tonight for Leon Dreisaitl. Leon, a lot of... Just uncharacteristic things with this team. He hasn't scored in the third period yet. Uh, he got a nice start to the game, but can't continue to keep it going. What do you think's going on? Uh, I don't know. I mean, just too too up and down. Uh, not consistent enough right now. So, um, yeah, feels like every mistake we make um, just en- ends up in the back of our net. So, um, yeah, lots of things to fix. You guys have been trying to find it here since the start of the season. Maybe just where's the frustration level at, Leon, with trying to trying to piece this thing together the right way? Yeah, it's very frustrating, of course. Um, you know, our plan was to to get off to a good start, and um, you know, we we haven't been able to do that or, or find that. So, um, yeah, frustrating. What do you think is the biggest thing missing? Because it seems like you just you know one one play away from breaking that game wide wide open, <coughs> kind of goes the other way eventually. Uh, yeah, just little moments, um, you know, where uh, it's it's mostly individual mistakes um, that that are causing these errors right now. It's not really our system breaks down, or it's just individual um, little mistakes that uh, we got to clean up. Lots of penalties as well, so minor penalties that probably yeah. don't have to get taken. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, we're a little um, undisciplined with. Uh, or sticks in, in certain in certain areas right now. Yeah. And what, what do you say to Stewart after uh, he went out to, to challenge that puck that went around the boards? What do you want me to say to him? He made a mistake, like big deal. Yeah, nothing, nothing to say to him. We all make mistakes. Leon, could you see where Connor got hurt? I did not know. I. Um, did not see that, no. It must be strange for you to be out there in overtime without Connor McDavid. You and him have been doing this together for a long time. Yeah, uh, it's been a while. Um, but, you know, we got lots of great players on our team that are, uh, you know, capable of, of filling in. So, 
obviously we couldn't get it done tonight. Um, little little mistake by me there, but um, yeah, lots of things to clean up. All right, that is uh, Leon Drysaddle after the Oilers lose 3-2 in overtime to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, no update on Connor McDavid. Uh, again, he did not finish the third period, about a little over four minutes, and didn't play in overtime. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Drysaddle clearly disappointed. He's talking about little mistakes. I mean, there weren't as many mistakes tonight. I mean, of course, there are always mistakes. He said, "Okay, Stewart made a mistake. You know, whatever. <laughs> keep keep playing." Uh, I mean. That was a key play. You can talk about that. Skinner only well, allowed two goals. That, that should be enough for, the, for this well, team most nights, right? Skinner played well, and it's funny. They, they talk about individual mistakes. If you go through this game and watch the mistakes and count the mistakes both teams, the Jets made way more. Well, they couldn't get the puck. They couldn't the, break out the puck the middle part of the third period. Oh, there. I mean, they were terrible making turnover, turning the puck over in their own zone, not getting it out, not getting it in. Uh, their goaltender bailed them out, and... Sometimes you need that. Where and, and it, especially if a team's struggling, you have an off night, your goalie bails you out, that's a confidence builder. The Winnipeg Jets might go on a bit of a run right now just because they won a game they probably shouldn't have won. Uh, so mistakes happen. Uh, the Oilers, unfortunately, were unable to overcome the big one from Stuart Skinner. And it's not through a lack of effort or it was more probably through a lack of execution. They weren't just able to execute on the chances that they had. Uh, and, and I feel for Warren Fogle, is he's been moved up in the lineup because of how well he's played. Was that his third breakaway of the season? Something like that. He's had a few, and just nothing seems to be going in the net for him. Uh, it's unfortunate. The, the wrong guy keeps getting the breakaways. We haven't seen the Connors or the Leons or, or the Nugent Hopkins or those players with it. And another breakaway for Zach Hyman tonight, who's been handcuffed a little bit on his breakaways. So uh, this is a game that you, if you're an Oilers fan, you're upset with the, uh, the loss. But I think you're a little more hopeful that they're going in the right direction. 3-2, the Jets take it in overtime. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com that allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall, an afternoon celebration for the senses. Visit jvedmonton.ca. All right, you're also going to hear from Stuart Skinner and Darnell Nurse. We are live in Studio 99. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Kane doesn't change. Nugent Hopkins on for dry subtle. Kyle Connor heading for the net. Shoots and a save made. Stuart Skinner saves the game. His 23rd stop of the night. That is the save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Tense overtime win for the Jets, 3-2 against the Oilers. Tense here in Studio 99. Those two guys were just arm wrestling. I don't know who won, though. I think they mutually gave up. You know what? Both of them would beat us. Well, I wouldn't even enter. (laughs) Well, neither would I. I would lose by default. Let's go down to the dressing room here, Skinner. Um, Maybe just a thought on... uh on the one where you came out to play there and kind of what you saw, Steve? Yeah, uh, puck was coming down. It was a little bit of a 50-50. Um, I didn't really catch a read on our guys or their guy, so I had a little stutter step, went for it, got scored on, moved on. 
communication there with, with Darnell? Like miscommunication or lack thereof? A little bit. I, we both stutter stepped at the exact same time. So I was kind of like, well, I got to make two choices and I made the wrong one. Uh, now I know what to do next time. See Connor McDavid out there in the overtime. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's gonna happen. So that's uh, how how we play off of that. And I thought the guys did a great job. Uh, the guys played hard uh, right to the to the final uh, final goal there from uh, Chef uh, Sheffer there. There's just some elements we're used to watching on this team that are missing. Right? You get a nice early two goal lead and. Don't get another goal. Haven't scored a goal in the third period yet this season. Uh, you know, where does it go? What's all the things this team does well? They're not doing right now. Um, I don't know if I go that far. Um, I actually didn't know we haven't scored a third uh, third period goal. That's uh, that's an interesting stat. Um, yeah, no, I mean the guy's been playing hard. Um, I I believe we've scored enough goals to win games. Um, it's just a matter of. Well, for my two games, myself keeping the puck out of the net. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, we just, if I do a little bit better at my job, um, I think we'll be able to win those games. So uh, it's not always up to the guys scoring the goals, um, especially when it comes down to crunch time. You don't see scores normally 6-5. You see them pretty tight. Um, and that's kind of the game that we're going to be comfortable in. And I believe we are comfortable in. Leon was kind of a switch. Leon went up to the blue line and on the goal. The, yeah, uh, to be honest, I kind of I knew that was coming a year ago. Um, I just I uh, kind of backed off a bit, um, and uh, now I know to kind of step up on him and kind of just push into him. Uh, so that's uh, that's a save that I can make. Um, so now uh, I'll uh, I'll get to work. Go back. Uh, Go back to work here on Monday, um, tomorrow or Monday, and and uh, get better. Nine points behind Vegas at this point. You guys feel like you know the division slipping away. It's pretty early to talk standings, but is it getting late, a little uh, early here? Um, I mean, you, you gotta you gotta play well every single day. It's I mean, it's the NHL. Um, every team is going to be playing well every day. Every team is going to do their best to win games as as we are. Um, so we. Uh, so it's up to us to not let that slip away. Um, it's up to us to get going here, get some wins, get some uh, get some points under our belt, and just keep on chasing. Um, and if we do that, I believe that this team will be in a good spot by the end of the year. All right, that's uh, Stuart Skinner, always uh, thoughtful, even after a tough 3-2 overtime loss to the Jets. By the way, no update on Connor McDavid, who didn't play the end of the third. And in overtime, it was interesting hearing him talk about the overtime goal by the Jets saying, you know, he knew that what they were trying to do. I'm just wondering, though, because I'm thinking, he says, okay, i got to get out on Shifley a little more. But if you're an offensive player, then are you thinking, okay, if I get the puck, then I step around you instead well, of yeah, it, touching it? True, and, it, and it's Shifley, it's a, a superstar. Um, goalies believe they should stop every puck, and scorers believe every time they have the puck in a certain area, they should score. Uh goaltender when a goal goes by them they'll go in and they'll look and see what could I have done better on that one there Shifley was pretty tight to them so maybe if Skinner comes out an extra foot Shifley doesn't get his stick on it um, but you could see they were trying to they were just trying to pick and roll they were just waiting for that one player to be able to break free and Leon looked exhausted if you look about 10 seconds before in that shift when Leon and Shifley are standing in front of the net Leon takes a big deep breath 
And this gets, was after a timeout, they, too. Yeah, so they, he was tired. This was uh, without McDavid. I mean, McDavid and Drysaddle, are all, one of them are always seems to be on the ice in overtime. So when McDavid's not there, Drysaddle was taking all the face-offs. He's out there extended periods. He played more at the end of the game because there was no McDavid at the end of the game. And he looked uh, a little fatigued on the play, and they took advantage of it. It was, it was a great play by the Winnipeg Jets, the way the three of them rolled uh, to get the game-winning goal. 3-2, the Jets win it. 780-496-0063 is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed pro all the way. We have Jeremy standing by. Jeremy, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Jeremy, do we have you? Hey, yes. How you doing? Good. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just talking to my brother here. All right. Do you want to talk to us? Yes, how, how's it going? Good. What's on your mind about the game? Well, you know, the big thing that I've seen now is uh, as we progress through the, you know, from last year's playoffs now into this season, we're not utilizing all four lines. We're trying to run our top guns all the time, right? We're going uh, back to back. And you saw it in the overtime when Dreisaitl now is exhausted in his first shift. He plays for two minutes. And then he's back out there again, and he's exhausted, and then he gets burnt for the last goal, right? So um, in order to, to be successful in the playoffs, you've got to be relying on all four lines. And I don't know if it's coaching or what's going on. Well, well that, that, would, that would be my, my, my question to, to you. Do you think it's the way Holland has put the team together, or do you think it's the decisions that Woodcroft and the coaching staff are making on deployment? Well, I think Woodcroft right now is panicking because he hasn't had the start that he's hoping for. So he's like, okay, my best option is to load up the top lines and run these guys until, and now McDavid's injured. You know, I don't know if he's injured because he's tired, but it's, accidents happen. But you're running these top guys trying to get back into the race now instead of just going with your system and relying on every line. You've got four lines that, that, that are successful if you let them run, yeah. right? Well, okay, the, thanks. Thanks, Jeremy. Rob's going to jump in. You know, I, what he said, uh, I fully agreed with in the first, was this game four? This was game five, game right? Game five, yeah. First four games, 100%. But I did notice today that they were much better at rolling lines. Now, the second period, because of all the penalties, a lot of players were taken out of the game, but every single player double digits tonight. Uh, so that is that might that's the first time I'm guessing this year, other than the well, six Nashville, one game they, when everyone got played, to play. Yes. So they did make a conscious effort today to get everyone into the game. There were times at the end of periods where they had their fourth line out there. There were shifts tonight where the Jets iced it and they had their fourth line stuck on the ice where Woodcroft didn't throw out Connor and Leon like he usually does. He left the line out there. So there was a conscious effort tonight to let more players be involved. They even let the second power play unit start a power briefly play. Briefly started a power Having play. Having said yes. that, they changed after 21 yeah, seconds. Yeah, it wasn't very long. It wasn't a long one. So, I mean, I would have preferred they got a little bit more time. But the first four games of the season, 100% agree that they needed to get more players involved. And I thought tonight they started doing that, and it would have been even better but the second period, what was there, six penalties in the second period? Uh, seven total. Seven yeah. total in the set. So that's, that affected guys' ice time. But yeah, every single player played over 10 minutes tonight. This is a step in the right direction that way. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Jeremy. And quite frankly, Rob, uh, Jeremy or whoever is, is we're going to be getting calls of that nature for as long as McDavid and Drysettle are on the team together. Yes. And, and it's, it's, it's not a bad problem to have. 
but and we've talked about this certainly late in in Dave Tippett's tenure we saw it as a bit of a problem mm-hmm. and we wondered if and and I think based on some of Derek Ryan's comments that was probably true that are, are the are, are the lower tier guys feeling a little disenfranchised about being able to have an impact on the game right yep. I mean that's that's the that that to me I guess I would say to Jeremy like I, I love, I, I personally, I love this topic because it's all about deployment and yep. a minute or two. You know, it's like play calling or usage in football. Like, mm-hmm. well, why didn't you give the ball to your best running back? Well, because the other team knew we were going to give it to him, so we gave it to the third string guy, and but he lost yards. But, but you, you know, so like you can't win unless you make the play. But Dave and Drysdale are on your team, so they're going to play a lot, and I think they should play play together sometimes in every game even if they're not on the same line. Mm-hmm. The flip side of that is, okay, well, Ryan's an example. Okay, we need you to win a face-off. Well, no, it's just Leon all the time. Like, to me, to well, me then you're like, another, why am I here? Another example, and this one uh, might become a storyline as we go forward. Evander Kane is a goal scorer. Uh, when he first came to the Oilers, things turned around for the Edmonton that season, came in at a fantastic end of the year. He's a goal scorer that doesn't play very much power play time. So he, he's got zero. He's got goose eggs right now for goals this year. Uh, uh, an offensive player needs sugar time to gain their offensive confidence. He does not start any power play other than the one tonight, but he was on for 20 seconds. Right. That plays with a player's confidence. Now, I don't know if it's playing with his, but I know if I'm an offensive player and I've got nothing going on in every power play, I'm sitting on the bench, and if I'm in the second unit, but my second unit now gets out with 12 seconds or 20 seconds to go in the, peer, in the power play, I'm not being able to do what I do best. Right. And that's one thing that you notice with Kane, they need him offensively. And he's slowly made his way down the lineup. And we saw tonight he was on probably, I guess, the third or the fourth line. I don't know which way they were calling it. But they need him going. And, I mean, tonight he, he, he was physical. He got into a fight. But they need offense from him. And I don't know how they're going to get him going. But the deployment thing, that the fact that he always is the second guy in the power play unit to be the net front presence if he goes out in that position, I think that will be something to watch because they need offense out of him. So the Jets win 3-2 in overtime as we update the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Elks lost their last game of the season 45-25 to Winnipeg. Golden Bears hockey beat the Dinos again 5-2 the final. The Oilers farm team, Bakersfield losing 3-2 Ontario. Baseball Phillies over the Diamondbacks 6-1, so they go up 3-2 in that series, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Oilers' next opponent, Minnesota, lost 5-4 in overtime to the Blue Jackets. Uh, we'll just pick out some games here of note. The Kraken, they're having a tough time, lost 4-1 of the Rangers. Bruins beat the Kings 4-2. The Golden Knights won again 5-3 over Chicago. Leafs won in overtime 4-3 against the Lightning. Canadians won in uh, overtime. Caulfield got the winner 3-2 against the Capitals, and the Canucks beat the Panthers 5-3. And there's one other interesting thing in the Flyers game today that scored shorthanded against the Oilers the other night. The Flyers tonight scored three shorthanded goals, including two shorties on the same power play. Wow. Yet they still found a way to lose the game. Not often you score three shorties and lose the yeah, hockey you game. Win. You probably should win that game. Yeah. All right. 780-496-0063. We got Marco standing by. Hey, Marco. 
Hey guys, hope you guys are doing well. Just have a quick question about overtime. You guys were talking about kind of a guy like Fogle playing a little bit better, buzzing around the ice the last couple games. Would it not have been a little more productive to put him in on overtime and maybe give Drysaddle at least one little bit of a break? Well, the the reason Drysaddle was out when they scored the goal was to take the face off. Fogel's not going to take a face off. Yeah, but I think maybe you mean just at any point, Marcus Holloway got over. Yeah. Yeah, they did put yeah, other yeah, players out. Yeah, exactly. But w- when you don't have Connor out there, all of a sudden you just lost half of your power play minutes. Or excuse me, half of your overtime minutes. So they just, I mean, normally Leon and Connor, I've seen them play four or five minute shifts. They don't seem to tire very often. Uh, they had Leon out there at the end when he was looked tired on the, the winning goal. They, he had to win the face-off. He's their best centerman, and they put him out for the face-off. And it was a 50-50 draw. The Oilers didn't keep it alive. Yeah. And, but, yeah, no, you're, you're right. But uh, Fogel, I like Fogel. Fogel's not what you would call the prototypical three-on-three player that you usually would play. Holloway would be more so. He's offensive-minded with a ton of speed. I like what Fogel's done. I really do. But I'm, I'm not sure he would be a guy that they would think right away, let's get more... Overtime time for Fogel. I mean, the skating for sure. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, Holloway wasn't out there. Obviously, McLeod started with Ekholm. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, when you lose, it's all good. Well, I mean, the Oilers did get get their chances in overtime. I thought both teams had two excellent chances in overtime, and then the Jets' third one went in. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah, it was, it was entertaining, unfortunately. That one, I, I, it was Nugent Hopkins. I can't remember who he was with. The Oilers had that one. They kind of got into the crease from the corner, and I thought that was going under Hellebuck, and he got his pad on it probably eight inches from the goal line. There was that, and there was probably in a 12-second span where there was three times the Edmonton Oilers almost had a breakaway. The puck was at oh, the at blue, blue line. Leon, there, yeah. Leon had a breakaway and he just overskated. Then someone tried moving it up and they bumbled the puck. But three times it looked like the Oilers were going to get breakaways going one way. It wasn't to be. And this is this is what happens when things aren't going your way. They just seem to compound onto each other. And now it's just like this big snowball rolling down the hill. And now you're going into a t- city that you always struggle with, possibly without your best player. And being one and three and one on the season of a year that you're supposed to win the Stanley Cup, so the pressure just gets a little bit more intense. Okay, we'll uh, get to Kyle on the phone line, and you'll hear from Darnell Nurse. It's five before midnight. We've got to take a quick timeout. Oilers lose an OT, three-two to the Jets. It's Heartland Ford overtime open. Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. Fan on the breakout. We're going to have a fight. Brendan Dillon and Evander Kane, and they'll take the helmets off. In the Winnipeg zone, it's Evander Kane and Dillon. Short with a left jab. Evander Kane trying to get his game going. Misses with a riled right hand. Dillon short with a couple rights and then eats a couple of right hooks and comes back with a right of his own. The two tumble to the ice. Brendan Dillon, a more than willing combatant. Evander Kane caught him with a good right hook and Dillon was able to straighten up and land a right of his own. That was with 12.52 left in the second period. Evander Kane against Brendan Dillon. Pretty good tilt. Uh, They actually got seven minutes in penalties. Five minutes for fighting and two minutes each for taking their helmets off. There's some gentlemen from the NHL in town getting ready for the Heritage Classic, giving us a wave as they leave Studio 99. Well, two things. First, about the penalties. I thought it was... I I knew there was a penalty. I I was worried it was going to be 10, which would have been much worse Mm -hmm. for both players. Uh, Two... 
that's another thing that someone did text me about with McDavid is we're a week away from the biggest game of the year for the NHL. Um, it, so I texted back, well, Connor is such a big deal. They might actually move the game to later in the season to make sure he's healthy for it, which is probably not true. But uh, that is something that uh, there's probably a lot of people with the NHL and with all the TV rights yeah. that are holding their breath right now. Like they're, they're showing the highlight again here. Like he's skating and then he just sort of pulls up. Yep. And, and then he went, well, then they show him going to the bench where he's yeah. holding. It's almost like his side, almost into his back. Yeah. And then he's talking to the training staff. Uh, it was something where he felt that it, he tweaked something and he didn't want to make it any worse. Yeah. Now, we, we don't know. We don't like to speculate on injuries. We'll see either tomorrow or maybe not until Monday. You're right. They could come out and say, hey, it's like two to four weeks. Like this muscle's messed up. Or, or they could come out and say, you know what, if that's a playoff game, he keeps playing. But he decided, let's just take a rest. He's going to watch the rest of the game. Well, like, especially, we maybe maybe he would have taken a shootout shot if it goes to overtime. True, we, don't, and, well, shootout, we don't know. We, we just saw Ekholm uh, with an injury that lagged a little bit longer than he wanted. So they're, they're going to be precautionary. Hopefully it's nothing major. Hopefully it was uh, some sort of spasm. I, I don't know what it is, but uh, I do know that he was able to walk off and skate and do all those things on his own. So it's not, you're not going to see him in a, a body cast or on crutches tomorrow. All right, 3-2, the Jets win in overtime. Here's Oilers defenseman Darnell Nurse. I know uh, these are not the results that you guys are wanting, Darnell. It seemed like you got off to a pretty good start tonight, but what, what do you think happened from there? Yeah, it started well. Um, kind of went to the special teams battle there in the second period, and then uh, I thought in the third we played pretty well. We had uh, a lot of chances and ended up uh, scoring one there in, in overtime. What happens on that uh, on the shorthanded goal against? Obviously, Stu comes out, but is there is it a communication thing between you know between the two or What, what kind of happens there? Uh, I'm not. Let's go watch it. What's supposed to happen? In a perf- how's that supposed to go? A puck like that? Yeah. Like, is there? Do you guys talk to each other? Or is oh, there? There's no. no I don't think there's a perfect world where you play out that situation and the same thing happens ten times in a row. So. Uh, a lot, a lot of factors that went into it. Um, you know, probably could have better communication. Um, you know, they'll probably get back and that second guy taps in. Like there's, there's uh, probably a multitude of, of things that we could have done better in that play. Bernal, what's the biggest thing you feel as a group you're missing right now? Is it you know you go up two nothing and one big play away from, from breaking this game open and it goes the other way? Yeah, we got your, our killer instinct. Um, so we, we had a good start to the game. Uh, that's a two-one game for a good chunk of it, and uh, we had the start we want. So um, we got your killer, killer instinct, and we have a team at uh, two nothing. Try to find uh, find the next one. Finally, your team hasn't scored a goal in the third period this year, but you scored a hundred in the third period last year. Is it just you know, strange? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that is strange. I think. Um, you look at the third period tonight. Like we had lots of chances, and, and uh, you know that uh, like at home, I think for us we need to keep we need to keep uh, producing chances, and and they'll continue, and they will go in. Um, I mean, it's as simple as that. We can sit here and, and dwell and dwell and dwell, but we need to put ourselves in positions where we have leads, and we need to trust on that killer instinct. We have to put ourselves in positions where uh, we're getting chances in the third and putting the puck in the back of the net. Like that's we just gotta do that. So no, how was how was Connor at the end of the game? Um, oh, I, what do 
What do you mean? He was just on the bench. Do you know what happened? When? At the end of the game. We didn't see him out on the ice. I don't know. Concerning any time Connor's not out there in, in those situations. Yeah. Um, I was always yeah, I'm going to have to ask someone. Um. All right, that's uh, Darnell Nurse after a 3-2 overtime loss to the uh, Jets. Obviously not with uh, much to say about the McDavid injury. Probably doesn't know what happened. Uh, head coach Jay Woodcroft also saying uh, it appeared to be muscular, but hopefully some more information tomorrow. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. The Oilers will uh, have the day off tomorrow. They will practice on Monday, and their next game and our next game broadcast on 6.30, Chad, is Tuesday at the Minnesota Wild, 5.30 for the face-off show and the game at 7. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now that day starting at 4. On uh, Monday, Stoff will have Oilers now from 5 to 7. I'll have a short edition of Inside Sports from 7 to 7.30 and our final edition of the Elks this week from 7.30 to 8. As always, Oilers Hockey presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer at 630 Chet. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Good night.